0: Hello and welcome to Lore a Roundtable, freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm your host Joe Prez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my marvelous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? Shazam! Shazam! Uh, today we are going to be going through even more of your questions, but before we get into that and before we get into our normal spiel, did you know that the Blizzard Watch and Lore Watch podcasts are available on Spotify? Well, if you what? didn't, You're I lie. Know- I do not. In fact, you could go there right now, and you can take a search through their podcast section and actually find us right there. So if you want to... it, it's even more convenient, uh, so you don't even have to download us. You could actually stream us. So if you have Spotify and you like to listen to podcasts on Spotify, now you can find us on those one that that wonderful platform. But I hope you all enjoyed my attempt
1: at being the the sales the, the hype man of us of the Morning Zoo <laughs>
0: sales team doing a commercial. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was very loud. Uh- <laughs> what? I love it. Uh, but if you do have questions for the show, be sure to send them into to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com or you can go ahead and to our discord. We have plenty of channels set aside for that. Uh, we do look to our patron and supporter ones first uh, and then go through the other options uh, just because we like to give our patrons a little bit of a bump. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get right into some questions that we didn't get into last week and some new ones. So, thank you very much for sending those in. Our first one comes from Tando. Question for Lore Watch In Legion, we clear the nightmare corruption except for a tiny piece that was left. The last time we see Ysera, her soul ghost Echo is walking towards the cave. Have we done anything about the void corruption since Legion? If not, could it have any connection with Ysera and her story in Shadowlands? I mean, you can actually loot that piece of nightmare corruption, which I think is really interesting. So you actually take it; it's distilled down, so you can have it in your bags, just like you can the the Nazoth headband. You can you could be you know a bearer of corruption.
1: I think the the idea is that we kind of do deal with it in this expansion a little bit. Yeah, that, that's that's the whole thing where we we fight Nazoth and supposedly defeat him. Yeah, sure. Um, So I think that's the basic idea is that we we do in fact deal with it. That's the whole end of battle for Azeroth. The battle in battle for Azeroth was both a fight between two factions over who gets to control Azeroth and then a fight for everyone on Azeroth on whether or not you get to stay alive on Azeroth because the old gods are here and they, they want to turn us into, you know, drooling mad people. So yeah, I think we were supposed to have, at least think we've dealt with it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a fairly accurate assessment. Like, we have been given the tools to make us assume that we've dealt with it, whether it was removing that piece. Like I think that was sort of the whole point of it being something that was lootable, is that we removed the last vestiges of corruption from the dream, uh, and then we do deal with it throughout all of Battle for Azeroth, because it is just old oh, gaudy goodness all the way down. Uh, but there is some stuff that I I, I know we talk about spoilers, but this, there is some things that are dealt with with this in... Ardenwald. Uh, so as you play through that section of it, you'll get some stuff for it. Not uh, quite the closure I think you'd want, but you will get some more information regarding it. Alright, our next question comes from SASS. Question for Lorewatch. While completing Balance of Power prior to pre-patch hitting for transmog purposes, I spent some time in the Nightwell with Gul'dan. Waiting impatiently for him to finish talking, I noticed he said this. Your pathetic horde will fall to dust. In the end, death will inherit this world, and she will be waiting. Uh, editing to add Alliance version for additional references, it doesn't appear to be the same foreshadowing. On the Alliance side, you get, your pathetic Alliance will fall to dust. Your new boy king will bow down and serve me, as will all of you. In light of the events of BFA and what led to Shadowlands, this felt a lot like he was talking about Sylvanas. Thoughts, feels on this possible foreshadowing? Uh, Sass, from Muradin.
1: No, if you want Sylvanas foreshadowing in Legion, you have to go to Antorus. Mm-hmm. Where Varimothras doles it out to you with a spoon. It's it's like that whole thing where you could you know, you could eat it with a fork, but you'll, you you want to use a spoon to get all the flavor. Varimothras is basically the chunky soup of Sylvanas' lore foreshadowing. He just spills his guts, and it's actually that which makes me think that maybe the Legion was starting to be a little tumbling to the divided loyalties of the Nathrezim. Mm-hmm. You'll notice there were no Nathrezim involved in Varamathras's confinement.
0: Yeah, it was all the uh, the Shivan, right? Or whatever the yeah, Shivara. Shivara, yep.
1: Yeah. And the ones that had supposedly broken Agrimar and were working on the rest of the Pantheon. So there's that to consider. Uh, I don't think that Goldon is specifically talking about Savanas. I mean he might be, but based on what he says to to about the, the alliance about, about Anduin I think he's just being dismissive in general, although he might want to plant the seed in horde players or, you know, horde. If you're a horde character, you're presumably there on the be- behalf of the horde, or at least as a member of the horde, he might be trying to divide some loyalties. He's gold you know, that's the kind of thing he does. Yeah. He, it, it would be fair to say that gold is one of the worst people who ever existed. Yeah. And both of them, like, it's not like the new one was any better. In fact, he was significantly worse. So, yeah, um, that would be my take on it. I don't know how Joe feels.
0: See, this is something that a lot of people have brought up to me. I've gotten a lot of messages about this back during Legion, uh, specifically that particular voice line from the Horde side, because everybody kept wondering who she was. And then at the end of Battle for Azeroth, I got a lot of messages saying, oh, she must in Sylvanas. I don't necessarily know that that's true, because you have to think of what the correlation between the two would be. Gul'dan's serving the Legion. He's not serving death. If he is, you know, divided loyalties, is he, you know, doing something with the Pantheon of Death? Probably not. Is he doing something with somebody in Shadowlands? Probably not. There's been no indication anywhere whatsoever of any of that. Uh, Also, it doesn't exactly have any love for Sylvanas. It's not like she was exactly, I don't know, uh, kind to him in him throughout the expansions, because even though she may not have been the leader of the Horde for all of the Gul'dan interactions uh, in the past, she was definitely part of the Horde and part of the group that was hunting him. Uh, I mean, look at Warlords of Drenor. She, you know, we don't see a whole lot of her, but it was always assumed that she was helping us uh, at least try to track him down or get to him or kill him, right? Because that's what she does. So who knows what it is? It could also just be as simple as a misspeak. It could be something that they they just got a good take and they just ran with it and that was just the end of it. Uh, I mean, also one thing that comes
1: to mind while I'm thinking about this, is we know what Sargeras had in mind for Azeroth, mm-hmm. and it wasn't to kill the planet.
0: No, he wanted to, to corrupt it, well, rebuild it in his image, right? From well, his
1: perspective, he wanted to just you know bring it forth as an a member of the pantheon that he was going to make, you know, to help him in his goal. He was there's one one of the artifacts. I forget which one. I think it's one of the warlock artifacts, jeweled head, scepter right? of Sargeras. No, jeweled scepter of Sargeras. When one of the some of the flavor text even says that he that when Sargeras first beheld Azeroth, uh, he looked upon it with longing. Um, so it's quite possible that he means Azeroth.
0: Yeah, there's I possibility. Mean we, see, of that. we also
1: see that the jailer seems to want Azeroth for something. So it feels like a lot of people are going after Azeroth, and it could well mean that that was what he was talking about. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not.
0: But, I mean, that that is also another good possibility because if she becomes the, you know, the last titan, the the corruption of of Azeroth becomes final and she's born, like, that is something that could be there. But why – the question then becomes why is that something that the Horde players get but not the Alliance? Uh, Yeah, it's it's a a strange voice line that I don't think – I mean, I could be wrong and I could see, you know, that it's entirely possible that the writers are sitting there laughing at us as they're listening to us. Uh, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it, is, it is possible that they are talking about Sylvanas there. It, it could is. absolutely be. Yeah. And it could be from a variety of reasons.
0: Yeah. But it's an interesting line and something I think that we should be looking at into the uh, going into the future. So we can definitely uh, pay more attention to that as the case were. Uh, Our next question. Uh, Yep, there it is. Hi, Watchers. Thank you for shedding some light in this time. You're like Deckard Cain, doing his best to share the lore of the world. I liked your discussion about Sylvanas' soul and whether that is a gambling piece or not. I know you've discussed this before, but are you certain Sylvanas is completely over Arthas? she went to great lengths at having her revenge and threw herself off the citadel when it was no longer possible after her actions she was in contact uh, con- Wow, sorry she was in contact of the shadowlands and has steered the ship towards this expansion since would you consider Arthas being a bargaining chip for the jailer to use letting sylvanas finally get her revenge could be a win-win for them both please continue holding the lantern high and stay safe uh santheicles an eu
1: I mean, maybe I, I not the idea of her being over him means that she was ever under him, and that's that's your your interpretation on how that means. That's you know everybody has a different opinion here. I don't know if I'd say the way her interaction with Art with Arthas was ever that way. She wanted revenge, yes, absolutely, um, and she wanted to kill him painfully and horribly. Uh, we saw that in the halls of reflection when she tried to kill him. If
0: mm-hmm. you played
1: Horde and you did Halls of Reflection, she goes for it.
0: Oh yeah, full she, sense.
1: She goes right at him as hard as she can, and he basically laughs at her. And I think you have to look at everything Sylvanas has done from that moment on. I think that's one of the things people don't really focus on. Or if they do, they focus it on, like, oh, well, how come she could beat uh, Bolvar when she couldn't beat Arthas? And the difference is, the Sylvanas who fought Bolvar had just orchestrated a war so that she could tap into the power of the souls of untold thousands of people. And she says, so she tells you that's what she was doing. So when she walks up to ice crown, she is empowered by the, the massacre. She herself helped engineer with -hmm. the help of the jailer. And she's doing so because as we're told, because the jailer is like, you know, in the art book, they flat out tell you, You know, the the Lich King, Bolvar, the the Usurper, as I think they call him, is using the power of the Helm of Domination to bulk them. And so they needed Sylvanas. He wasn't going to use it to, to open the way. And they needed the way opened. So they needed Sylvanas. That's why the deal was made. I don't think it's about Arthas in a specific sense, but I do think it's about what Arthas did to her. And how it affected her since it happened. Before Arthas came to Quel'Thalas, she was a powerful, focused, driven, determined woman. A living woman. And she was never helpless before. She was never victimized before. And she was never, like, everything she's become since has been from the enormous trauma of what happened to her and her people. And keep in mind, even then, Arthas couldn't beat them without a traitor in their midst. So it wasn't that her strategy wasn't good enough. It wasn't that she failed. It's that they were betrayed. Think about what that does to somebody who's a controlling, domineering tactician. That all your planning was for nothing just because somebody on your side couldn't be trusted. That affects you. And that's something that that she's carried forward ever since. I, I always... People... I, I hear a lot of people call, who constantly want to call Sylvanas a Mary Sue or say she's an insert character or she's somebody's favorite pet character and, and just has whatever power she needs for the circumstance. But I don't think that's accurate. Even when I have problems with the way the story is going, I don't think that's an accurate rendition of Sylvanas. Sylvanas is a character who at her moment, the, the last moment of her life when she had to succeed, she didn't. And it wasn't her fault. She she can't point to any mistake she made other than trusting somebody else. And you look at it, if you look at Before the Storm and the way she is, of course she doesn't trust the Desolate Council. Trusting other people is what got her into this situation. Of course, even Nathanos is a tool, ultimately. Despite the fact that she does care about him, he's a tool because she can't trust him. She can't trust anybody. Look at what happened with Varimathras. Look what happened with Putris. Every time Sylvanas trusts somebody, it goes poorly. So I don't know if I'd say it's as simple as I got to get revenge on Arthas. I think it's more like Arthas represents the the moment where her worldview shifted, where everything changed, where the way she viewed life and death and existence completely got shattered. And I want to shut up and let Joe talk now because I've been going for like five minutes.
0: You, I think you were hitting on a lot of good salient points, but I do think that there is some merit in the meat of this question. And it's something that I've been thinking about since we first ventured down into the mall and particularly after the Bastion uh, Afterlives short, because we see Arthas being taken to the Maw and being flung into the Maw, which we kind of, you know, we always knew that that's where it was going to wind up once we knew the Maw was a thing uh, until we really understood more about how the cycle of death was supposed to work. And I could see that being an interesting selling point, not necessarily the only selling point, but you know, that being a a chip that can be played on, on the negotiation table. Because again, we don't know Still, the conversation that was between Helia and Sylvanas, we don't know how that all worked out or what was actually bargained beyond the lantern. What was the deal? Was it always a bid for more power? Was it power to never feel helpless like that again? Because one of the interesting things, like Matt pointed out, is back during the Halls of Reflection, she tried she really really tried 100% she gave it her all and he batted her down as the lich king he was too powerful for her powerful for her and it was just another defeat on a string of defeats at his hands whether it was uh from betrayal or whether it was from you know her own lack of of ability it didn't matter it's this thing this this center point of all of her pain and in most of the bad stuff that has happened to her in her unlife at this point roots back to this one particular personality and now this personality even though she's more powerful than she's ever been before with all sorts of dark power at her command uh you know entire armies that will listen to her and and you know fling themselves at his walls and she still can't get get him she has the cleanest shot she can and she can't do it then when he's finally laid, laid low she's denied her vengeance a vengeance that started being denied to her back during the Halls of, of Reflection she couldn't get what she wanted which was her killing blow so to speak so now what now she learns about the Shadowlands she learns more about this deal and maybe Helia says hey by the way you know my boss he's got Arthas's soul You could, you know, you do what we want. I can make sure that you can have an entire eternity just torturing him, doing whatever you want to him, getting your exact revenge in the way that he made you feel helpless and full of pain. Like, I could see something like that being part of her thought process, not the only thing, not the thing that, you know, is the sole focus of it, but I could see that being enticing, To her, I can see that being something that would potentially uh, maybe help sway her a little bit more to that service, making her his ultimate, you know, reckoning. I could absolutely see that.
1: I kind of feel like it would be a disservice to her character to make it about him. Yeah, I don't think it's all about him, right? I don't think, I think just at this point, I feel like she has moved beyond Arthas. I feel like the the things she said, the way she's acted in pre, in the, the past few expansions, the way she talked in her Warbringer short, it's not Arthas anymore. It's not just what happened to her. It's in a way, she's a really good mirror for Arthas, in the way that people are mirrors of the people who who hurt us. You know, people, if you're abused, you often, if you don't pay attention, if you don't work to to avoid it you end up replicating your abuse. Sylvanas is much like Arthas in that they both want everyone to believe and agree with them. And so, I don't know. I'm not not saying you're absolutely wrong and there's no way that she's thinking about Arthas or that Arthas has anything to do with it. I just... I want to see more about it. I want to see more of her motivation. I want to see more of her do stuff in Shadowlands because right now I've seen nothing of her. Once you get past the Maw intro...
0: I have seen not seen her at all. Yeah, it's one of those things where we haven't gotten much of her in this expansion yet.
1: It's much like with Gul'dan in in Legion. Uh, after the initial uh, Broken Shore bit, where where Gul'dan turned Varian into like soul dust, you don't see him again until the end of night of the Nightwell. Like he just he just don't see him. He doesn't do anything in front of. It's not like he he doesn't pull an Arthas where he's showing up a lot and you know cackling evilly and then leaving. Um, he just doesn't. You don't see him, and that's the way it is right now. Is I don't think we're going to see Sylvanas for a while yet. Maybe not until I don't know nine two nine three. I don't know. I don't know when we're going to see her. I'd like to see more of her before I make a decision. There's certainly there certainly is logic to everything you just said. And I don't want to dismiss it. I just don't. We just don't know yet. And and I don't, I feel like she's been moving away from that kind of thing. I don't, I I don't feel like, I'm not saying that if they did make her that deal that she wouldn't be like, oh yeah, sure, I'll torture him for a while. But I feel almost like he's not that important. I think that would in fact be the worst way she could punish him is by just not caring that much about him because there's other you know she's she's got this whole idea for the way existence itself works that 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 she's horrified by i think that the whole bit where she she talks about how horrible it is and how it has to be destroyed is important but again i don't want to dismiss what you're saying i think there is certainly room in the story for that
0: all right our next question this one comes from Otsley, an Enhancement Shaman. Uh, I wasn't a podcast kind of guy before, but I started thinking up a bunch of plot holes for Shadowlands and someone pointing me your way. And now you guys get me through my work days. I'm binging your series. You've answered a lot of my questions, but I have so many more. Not all Shadowlands related, and the Apple Podcast app doesn't show me anything pre episode sixty-ish. So if I've if you've already answered them, I apologize. Anyway, I'll list my questions. There are a few, and you can pluck them out as you see fit. Well, the good news is you can go now on uh, Spotify and get all of our back uh, back episodes, I believe, as well. haha There you go. See, look at that. Everything comes. What? <laughs> First question: Why is it snowy in Dunmorug, where it is geographically where it is geographically the middle of the Eastern Kingdoms, surrounded by it's zones high. that aren't snowy? <laughs> it's,
1: it's altitude. Yeah, You've it's in the mountains. I live in the Rockies, man. You go up, physically up from the ground. the Higher you get, colder it is.
0: Yeah, and that's one of those things where Dunmorog is smaller in scale than it is supposed to be as far as game terms to what the world is supposed to be extrapolated. So it is supposed to be a massive mountainscape, right? Yeah. So that's, that's why it's snowy there. Yeah, uh, you are in the mountains. Yep. Next question. Why isn't Archimon red like the other Janai or Aradar? Or uh, did I miss something significant there?
1: No, just not all of the Eredar are red. Most of them are, but if you look at the Eredar twins, one of them is blue.
0: Yep, there are it's several just, of them.
1: Yeah, it's just they're some of them have kept their original skin color. Most of them are red, but some of them aren't. It's much the same way that you've got... If you look at when orcs get exposed to fell, um, they most of them have turned green, but some of them turn red, and some of them start growing crazy teeth. Uh, with the Eredar, you've got Eredar who've been exposed to a lot of fell, then you've got some of the Eredar are so exposed that they turn into things like Wrathguards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the Wrathguards, the Eredar Brutes, and the Doom Maidens are all kind of further mutations of the Eredar being exposed to Fel. Uh, in much the same way that you also have like the Broken and the Lost Ones who are exposed to Fell and that changes them too. But it doesn't change them the same way. And that the, the, the concept of that also might be because it's the Red Mist that was unleashed by their old horde. We're not sure what the Red Mist did to them and what it, what it was. It's possibly related to the same thing that was used against the uh, Arakoa that turned some of them into the wingless, you know, non-flying ones. The Skatis and so forth.
0: But, yeah, in this case, it's purely just some of the Aradar stayed blue. Yeah, it's it's actually one of those things. You could actually go to the Sunwell and run through the the raid zone, and you can see several of them that are just straight up purple. They're they're still that purplish hueish in their skin tone. So absolutely, just one of those very things. Uh, next question: Will Mankirk's wife be in Shadowlands? Will we finally get the reunion we all deserve? I haven't seen them yet. That doesn't yeah. mean it's not going to happen.
1: I mean, she should ultimately take the Primus's job and, and rule Maldraxxus. Oh, but clearly, going to happen.
0: I mean, if we got Sinrunner Blanchy, which you know, thank you Blizzard, I'm I'm fairly confident that they will not miss the chance to have a Mankirk's wife joke in there somewhere. Uh, why haven't the Alliance helped the Gnomes retake Nomaragon yet? Surely that would be higher on the list than taking Gilneas back, as it's been an issue for them longer. Uh, we did that whole thing where they were trying to take it back, right? Like, there was a whole, I forgot what patch Operation it was. Nomeragon. Operation Normagon. Operation but it was also, like...
1: For Kata. It was, it was the, the patch that led into Kata. at yeah, the same time that the trolls did their whole
0: thing. Exactly, yeah. So, we kind of did canonically, but, like, the problem with nomaragon is it's still super irradiated, right? Like, it's still, it's not clean. It is... Plus, now
1: they've got Mechagon.
0: But yeah, now they have the seat of all known power in the world, quote unquote. So now they don't really need to go back to Nomaragon. So, but yeah, that's why they, we did help them. It's just, it was a very, very long time ago. Uh, next question. What happened to Arthas' body between ICC and Sylvanas going up to the Frozen Throne? Bear in mind, I've not read the book. Could she have had the motivation to raise him as a Forsaken as Revenge? I
1: think it's relatively established that we don't know what happened to his body. Yeah. (laughs) like They've they've never talked about it.
0: Yeah, they Um, haven't. It's one of those things where I've always been curious because as we leave, the body's just laying there and it's basically Tyrion Fordring kind of just like chilling out at the top of uh, ICC. And then you have Bolvar on the throne already encased in ice. So who knows what happens at that point? Uh, And then the last one of this batch, if a Forsaken dies and they go to the Shadowlands, would the form they take there be Forsaken as we see them in game, or would it be human, or whatever they were pre-raising? That is a good question. We don't know, because I don't think it's really come up yet. It also depends on our, well, at least from my perspective, the question that I asked a a few episodes ago, which was, Are the forsaken souls really their original souls or is it a whole new life? Like, is this a whole new spark, uh, a whole new life, a whole new soul that's sort of grown uh, in this thing that got its intelligence back? See,
1: I don't know, because you know that you can you can basically if we think of the original person as a vanilla wafer cookie and forsaking them as dipping them in chocolate you know you can dip them in chocolate again because we've got Forsaken Death Knights.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you can double dip them. And the Forsaken Death Knight remembers their life as a Forsaken, not just their life as a, you know, not necessarily their life as a living human being. But when they're like, remember, we fought the Scourge together that bit in in the uh, Death Knight starting area. It's memories that they forged as a Forsaken that they're reminded of that they're associated with. So it could be that you're accurate and that their existence dates to the moment of their death. But at the same time, we also know that they seem to have an actual emotional connection to the lives they left behind. Cause we see that in before the storm, mm-hmm. there are actual, like the, the widow of, I can't remember the character's name. He's uh Anduin's like Castellan.
0: Oh yeah. Why can't I think of it? Wilhelm?
1: I don't remember. So I can't say yes, but his wife has been existing up in Lordaeron this whole time and she still remembers him and, and has feelings for him and is saddened to hear of his death. I don't think you'd just get that. If you don't, if, if you're just a new soul that has the memories you know, this kind of reminds me of the old swamp thing story where when we found out that the swamp thing wasn't Alec Holland, but was just a mass of plants that remembered Alec Holland's life because it had consumed his body.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like a planarian worm. Uh, He didn't have a really strong emotional connection once he found that out. Does that mean that the forsaken wouldn't have an emotional connection? I don't know. I I have no idea, but there's evidence on both sides is what I'm getting at. It could be either. Uh, We'll find out at some point, I hope, but right now in in terms of what happens if a forsaken dies and goes to the shadowlands, couldn't tell you if, if their soul is already there, then they wouldn't go anywhere. They would just stop. Because they didn't wouldn't have like a soul. If they have a new soul inside them, then that soul would go to the Shadowlands and it would probably take a Forsaken form because it was never the living person, if that makes sense. But we you know, I, I got no idea.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where I have a feeling this question, because it's getting asked a lot, not just here, but elsewhere. Like I've seen Plenty of people fling it over at uh, the the devs uh, as far as, you know, what does this mean? What's going on with Forsaken? That type of stuff. It's entirely possible that we could get an answer in Shadowlands later on. I don't think it will be a topic that goes unanswered, but we will find out as we play more through the expansion, which, well, when it gets here, we can all experience it together. Uh, Our next question comes from Miraline. Uh, Question for Lorewatch. Hearing you two talk recently about the Helm of Domination has got me wondering about the Helm's destruction and Sylvanas' role in destroying it. Are we sure that was her job? Bolvar seems to believe she's trying to take its power and acts horrified and confused that she has destroyed it and opened a gateway to the Maw. I haven't played the actual Shadowlands content much, so not sure if we immediately see Sylvanas and the Jailer working together or not, but I'm wondering if she could have been playing the long game with the Horde and the Jailer and done something that wasn't part of the plan.
1: Well, the art book seems to indicate that, yeah, that's what she's there to do. Um, Yeah. Whether or not the art book is completely accurate, I, I don't know. It could be, you know, it could be a misdirected thing. I don't know. But the art book seems to indicate, yeah, that's why she's there. That doesn't mean that she isn't trying to play the jailer. It is the kind of thing she would do. Like all of this, all of her actions here, she could very much be attempting to play the nigh immortal being that may predate the very existence of Azeroth itself. It's not like she lacks in in hubris. Oh, yeah. Sylvanas is nothing if not willing to go. You know, I'll, I'll I'll do that thing that sounds absolutely nuts. So yeah, I I don't have a problem with Sylvanas possibly trying to play the jailer and having her own agenda. That doesn't. But I think it's pretty well established that she was sent after Bolvar ultimately by the jailer. She, I don't think she was going to just go to, to Ice Crown and attack Bolvar yet. If she'd remained in charge of the Horde, I think she would have continued on as she was. She she wanted the war between the Alliance and the Horde. Um, she clearly wanted the the fight against the Old God. Even after you've you've de- dethroned her effectively, she says to loyalists who who continue to stay in contact with her, she's like, you know, this this fight with the Old God is just going to is going to generate more death, and that's ultimately going to feed into my plans. She's totally down with it so i think she would have eventually let the horde fight the old god yeah but probably not until either they'd want they like she would have kept going until she was until it was clear that she couldn't beat the alliance and at that point when both sides were at their weakest she might have turned and made the deal to, to go fight the old god herself and then done whatever she was going to do next it does feel like this is not necessarily what she had planned. I mean, you also get the fact that in shadows rising, she tries to have Bon uh, Bonsamdi killed. She wants Bonsamdi dead and she doesn't just want him dead. Cause she doesn't like him. Like it's not, and I, I don't even know if it is personal for her. I don't know if she even knows that Bonsamdi tried to have uh, Talanji kill killer. I don't know if that's information that she had, but she definitely wants Bonsamdi dead. And it's, Clearly, when he doesn't get killed, when he when they fail to assassinate him, she's very displeased with uh, Nathanos. And it feels an awful lot like, okay, this is like the, the actual attack on Bolvar was plan B. I don't have anything to back that up, though.
0: I mean, it almost seems like she just needed a giant font of power. Right. Like maybe not necessarily the helm of domination, which was definitely a a gigantic font of power, uh, especially with all the souls that it was likely controlling or uh, keeping tabs on. Right. So now we go to the Bwamsamdi thing. There was a lot of it like that in the book, like they're going essentially to the necropolis at that point to his seat of power. And we see even in BFA where. Uh, the blood trolls are trying to essentially destroy it as well. There's a lot of focus on destroying that particular demesne, And it seems interesting because what has Bombsomity Bumsam- been doing? He's been hiding away souls. He's been taking souls and redirecting them just like Odin did, just like, you know, the Scourge was doing, uh, but bringing them to his little domain, his domain that is attached very directly to Ardenweld. Because he's in charge of helping the Loa get fostered back from their restorative sleep to the main lands, right? To the main world of of Azeroth. So there is some really interesting connotations there because is is it, was she going after all of that power that he had in the form of all those souls, all that anima? Was she trying to potentially stem the, the tide of the Loa being able to come back from the Shadowlands to Azeroth? Uh, would that have affected the flow of some of the wild gods as well? We don't know, but it seems like that was a big deal potentially that she just could not complete. And then you have her going after Bolvar, but here's the interesting thing. And I've been thinking about this a lot too. She doesn't try to kill Bolvar. That's not her intention. And which always, it's been fascinating me to think back on it because why not? He's got to be a threat to her. She knows he's got to be a threat. Yet all she does is beat him down, take the helm, destroy and release the helm and use the power from it to shatter the realm between our world and, and, and the Shadowlands. Why not try to take Volvar out too? Is there more to what she's doing? Is there more?
1: Well, I mean, I can come up with one reason right now. What's that? What's that? You, you want to kill him and send him to the Shadowlands. Probably the one place you don't want him. If he's a threat to you, keep him on the other side. Don't don't make him possibly... You saw what happened with Uther. You don't want to have somebody else show up in Bastion. I mean, that's one possibility that just comes to mind immediately upon thinking about it. Uh, can I... I want to read something really fast. Yeah, go ahead. There's two two little excerpts here from the art book. He would send those Valkyr to serve as her tethers to mortality. A pact needed to be made. Only then could she return beyond the veil. Only then then will the Banshee Queen claim the crown of the false king. That's the first bit in the art book that's about Sylvanas. The next bit is, The veil between realms wanes. The helm of domination was crafted to be our way forward. Instead, the one seared by the flames of life uses it to keep us at bay. Now, I don't know if Bolvar knew who Sylvanas was really working for. There's nothing in the art book that says, there's nothing in the game world that I can find that specifically says Bolvar was aware of Sylvanas' true allegiance. No, if but he's, this he, even he's, is her true allegiance. But even we know he was looking that, through, we I'm know sorry. he was looking through into the Shadowlands,
0: I know that, but that doesn't mean he knew this. But he did seem to know that she was going to come for him. He says
1: that he knew she would come for him, but, but I, think why? I uh, here's the thing. I think it's fair that he might have assumed she wanted the power of being the Lich King or queen, what have you. Sure. He may not have known because it may not have seemed to him that anybody would want to let the jailer out or would even like, how would she, he didn't even know if she knew about it. Did he know that she, you know, died and come back? Did he know she'd return from the Vale? I don't know that he knew. I mean, he was sitting there in the Frozen Throne when she jumped off, and he didn't do anything. The Valkyrie, which were supposedly his servants, made a pact with her, and he didn't do anything. Was he capable of sensing her? Was he capable of paying attention? Where We might be in a situation where Bolvar was basically in that initial rush of becoming the Lich King that kept Arthas sitting there for like five years he may not have been able to pay attention to her. Mm -hmm. And that may be why he didn't know what she was really doing, but that's not necessarily the case. He may not have been surprised. I, that's the thing. A lot of this is, well, we, we keep having to say over and over again, we don't know yet. And I know that's really dissatisfying for people, but while I think Bolvar knew more than anybody gave him credit for, and I think the art book, I, we did agree with that right the art book bears that out yeah I think so but i I don't know that we can say he knew what her she was who she was working for I do think that however he might have and it's again can't really tell but for that matter he might have been surprised because destroying the helm wouldn't make sense and if you think about it like when you when when you get into the maw the fragments of the helm still hold power
0: yeah. Like and, you are, you are using them a lot.
1: And what do we know about rune items when they're destroyed?
0: They get more powerful.
1: If you recreate them, they get stronger. It's the opposite of like a regular weapon or item.
0: It's like, like re-tempering.
1: A, except not if you take a, if you have a sword and I break that sword while we're fighting, you basically would be better off melting the whole thing down and recat remaking a new ingot and hammering out a new sword than trying to fix it. The the fixing it is never going to give you as strong a blade. But with a rune weapon it does. Like Fellemlorn got stronger after Arthas broke it.
0: Which but is Fela interesting Mal- for Mal- in in terms of Meldraxus cuz that's sort of their whole sh- their whole shtick, right? That's where that's where these things came from. Right? Yeah, the, so, the
1: primus was supposedly a master of rune crafting.
0: So why so, why do they get stronger when you break them?
1: I don't think that runes are necessarily just from Meldraxus. I just think that in the case of Frostmourne and in, in the case of uh, the Helm of Domination, it seems likely that the Primus is involved in some way with the runecrafting process as we see it in, in Shadowlands. I definitely think there's other places in the universe, in the cosmos where runes work and where runecrafting is a thing. But, just There's a lot to this. I, there is a possibility that Sylvanas wasn't supposed to break that hat.
0: Yeah, and that's what I keep coming back to. like It seems, even even with the description in the art book, right? Like it the thing makes, in the art
1: book says she was supposed to break the hat. It says, the veil between realms wanes. Mm-hmm. The helm of domination was crafted to be our way forward. Instead, the one seared by the flames of life uses it to keep us at bay.
0: That that point right there, like that's what I'm thinking Nothing about. Nothing. Nothing, nothing says, it says break it.
1: Yeah. Nothing said she had to break it by breaking it. She may have effectively made it. So nobody could use it at least not in its current form. You'd have to take it back and reforge it, which buys her time. If she is trying to play the jailer and I'm not saying she is, but if she is, you break the hat, you buy yourself time. If the jailer is suspicious of why you did that, You just say, I needed to get, you know, I needed to get the portal open and I, you know, he was, I could only hold him so long. And if he got out, then he'd be a threat and I had to do it fast. So I broke the hat. Yeah. That's that's just one possibility. It's quite possible that the jailer in fact is the one who told her how to do it. I mean, we don't know. That's the, you wouldn't think to it, you know, you wouldn't think to destroy the hat up front. That wouldn't be my first, you know, if I'm going up to get the Lich King's hat, I don't immediately smash it. Um, but then again, I mean, Frostmourne got broken by by a guy with a weapon that we later, you know, your paladin later on got a hand, hold on. So it, it's quite possible that she didn't need to be told how to do it, and she just did it. There's a lot to this, and we don't know all the answers.
0: But I suspect that we're going to start again getting more of this later on in the Shadowlands expansion. So as the expansion goes on, as we get to further... Uh, further releases into it. Probably, I think Matt was right when he said earlier, probably around 9.2. I think that's when we're going to start getting more of the pieces of the Sylvanas story. Because it seems like we're not going to deal directly with her until probably later on. And everything else is going to be us sort of following in her wake, putting the pieces together. Uh, Which is also really interesting, because the one time we see her... At least that I've seen so far is her trying to. She's not exactly torturing Anduin, but she's trying to get him to give in to despair. And that's it. Like, that's what we see, which is. I would
1: say she's mocking him.
0: Yeah. But, like, it, it's fascinating because, like, why? Why just that? Like, I would have expected her to be doing more. So, I don't know. I'm starting to question how cut and dry her motivations are and if maybe just maybe i mean i'm not saying she's a good person or a hero or anything like that no no,
1: horrible murderer she's she's a
0: horrible murderer but she might be a horrible murderer that knows more than we do
1: well I i think it's almost certain that she knows more than we do because she's been ahead of us this whole time you know dealing with what you know she started these conversations back in the end of wrath we have not been having these conversations like there's an entire period like cataclysm you barely even see her uh, and Missa Pandaria, she's not around too much in that she just kind of shows up near the end. So during all that, while we were dealing with the stuff that was happening right there on the table, she was possibly having these conversations and coming to her conclusion as to what she was going to do.
0: Um,
1: I want to read one more thing from the art book. I don't yeah, know how much more it. time we have, but
0: we have plenty of time. Go for it.
1: This is the end, the end of the book. Which the book ends, the book starts with a quote from the Lich King, and it's specifically the Lich King. But it ends with this quote, which is from Bolvar Four Dragon, which means it's after he loses the helmet. Now you have seen as I have sights never meant for living eyes, but this knowledge will not save you. Nothing can stop what Sylvanas set into motion. Rending the veil was just the beginning. Beyond the ruined sky awaits an evil older than reality itself. The Jailer has been amassing power within his Maw, and soon his patience shall be rewarded. Everything we sacrifice to save Azeroth will have been in vain. The only key to saving our world lies within the realm of death. Suffer well, Bolvar Fordragon. When you are dealing with people like Bolvar and Sylvanas, you are dealing with people who are tactically minded. And I'm using the word tactics, not the word strategy. Um, Strategy is the big overarching scheme. It's the, it's the jailer type thing, but a tactician is somebody who, d- who decides how best to implement a strategy. And in this case, it's quite possible that both Sylvanas and Bolvar in their own way are working on, okay, what do we do about this, this, this end that we don't want? Sylvanas is the kind of person who would absolutely... The trolley, the trolley dilemma is never going to be a problem for Sylvanas.
0: Oh, yeah, no, not even because close. Because
1: she doesn't care if, if the train runs over, the, like, the hundred innocent people in the first place, as long as the train doesn't get destroyed so she can keep using it. Uh, so it's quite possible that all the awful stuff she did up to this point was in service of a goal that is ultimately the stopping of the jailer. That doesn't make it okay.
0: Yeah. It's whole- not, a, you know... It's, not, ma- it's not Machiavelli. The end the end just does not justify the means in this case. What's
1: there's the old saying, you know, what does it benefit you to save the world if it costs you your soul?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You gain the whole world if you lose your soul. And that's I think that might actually be a really big thing here because she has it's potentially true that she lost her soul. Her soul might be gone. All this might be to get her soul back, for all we know. There's a lot to it, we don't know. But we have people who are tacticians and both like. Bolvar is clearly not telling us everything he's seen.
0: No, he's not.
1: And that's interesting to me because we're working with Bolvar, and we have been working with Bolvar for the past couple of expansions, and he's not telling us everything. So, yeah, there's a lot going on here.
0: Moving on to our next question. This one is from Oofkel. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Question for Watch: With Vol'jin moving up in the Shadowlands, how will uh, Tirithen Court fulfill his promise to avenge his death? I hope this is not something that gets overlooked. The Avenging Quest line would be a good side arc that would just complete a storyline. Opinions on that one? I've
1: been talking a lot. Why don't you go for a bit?
0: (laughs) I I don't know. Like, the whole... He's what? He's a human hunter, right? Like in Court. Like he's, yeah, he's in the Evulsion book. Yeah, and he is. Uh... It was part of the Shadowpan Monastery, if I remember right. Like that whole storyline. Mean, he was where there. Healing. I don't.
1: I don't know if you'd argue he was part of it, but he was there.
0: Well, not not part of it, but he was there, right? Like, and then he was. Uh, then he became part of the Unseen Path. It's been a while since I've I've actually popped up with Tireth and Court, but. I don't know if necessarily a revenge thing would be, or avenging thing would be okay, at this point. Because what else is he going to do? Just join us in our hunt for Sylvanas? We have who didn't who didn't kill
1: Voljin. Who didn't kill Voljin? I mean, you may make the point that she was involved. I don't think that Sylvanas. I don't know how responsible you can say Sylvanas was for that. I mean, Wazala, maybe. Wazala says he was involved. So, but I mean, ultimately. Vulcan died because a Legion demon stabbed him.
0: Yeah, and it's, it becomes a question of who does he seek revenge against, right? Like who who is the object of that vengeance? That's the part that I'm having trouble reconciling. And I think everybody's immediate go to is is you know Sylvanas, but I don't, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think that's right. I don't know. I don't know how that would play out. And I don't know if it would be. Necessarily a good side quest. What I think would maybe necessarily be fine is maybe an interaction between Vulgen in court where maybe Vulgen appears to him and has a conversation with him because and again, this is mild spoilers uh, at this point, but like with Vol'jin being a Loa and, and taking in that power He's not necessarily restricted from who he can talk to anymore. Like one of the things that when you're doing the Vol'jin quests in Battle for Azeroth is he can't always manifest. Like he's not constantly manifesting. He appears at like certain points. But if he's truly a Loa and truly can be reborn into this world, he's part of this world now again. So he can go and have a conversation with Court. He can go to, you know, the... Uh, unseen path and, and speak with them there. He can summon him. He can do all sorts of things that he couldn't do before that might actually be more interesting than just court going on a murderous rampage. Because, again, who do you murder? I mean, the Legion's already been defeated as he try to break into the seat of the Pantheon to go, oh, Sargeras, I'm going to beat you down even though you've already been beaten. Eh, yeah, not so much. What do you think?
1: Like I said, I mean, it depends on how you like view Vol'jin's death. Do you see it as the Legion's responsibility, or do you ultimately blame whoever it was who wanted to put Sylvanas on the throne? Do you blame Sylvanas? I mean, I honestly would like to see the two of them interact just so you could have Vol'jin tell him, you know, hey, dude, it's cool. I mean, for one thing, we're talking about the, the promise that, that the and that terethan I can't remember how to say this guy's name,
0: That's why I've just been calling him Court.
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, Tirithon, Tirithon, Uh, Tirithon here, and Voljin made a deal. But they would, you know, I will, you know, if whoever one of us gets killed first, the other one will avenge their death. Um, But before that, Voljin made a deal with Wansamdi to bring Tirithon back because Tirithon died. He got killed during their adventure together, and. Mm -hmm. A mogu spear mortally wounded him, but but Vol'jin called upon Blan Samdi to return his spirit. Now that means Blan Samdi is owed a debt, and he even says, "I'm gonna get you." You know, you, I'm letting you come back now, but you're mine. You're gonna come back. So there's there's a whole thing with with Samdi where Tirathen could show up, if he's gonna show up in Shadowlands, which I don't believe he does in the stuff I've seen. As of right now, I don't believe there's any presence of Tarith court. The The last time he showed up, I believe, was actually in Legion. In region, he, yeah. he appears in game at the funeral. Uh, he doesn't. And he's, uh, al- he's doesn't, also at
0: the he also hangs out at the True Shot Lodge. So, he yeah, is yeah. there.
1: But I'm just saying for, in terms of this, uh, he, he shows up at the funeral. He doesn't like march on up and just stand there at the funeral right next to Sylvanas or whatever he's you know he, he's just there watching to, to say you know sure he is horde i was alliance but he was my friend so
0: well he also says that he would avenge him like that's one of the vo- that's one of the, the things he does no, says, no absolutely he
1: does him. yes he does but again the point being he might have felt that being in the unseen path and fighting the legion was avenging him i don't know uh we would need if he's going to show up in Shadowlands because he blames somebody else for Vol'jin's death now that would be interesting to see Uh, I have not seen any evidence of
0: that happening. And honestly, like if they were to pull on this thread a little bit, I wouldn't be upset. Uh, It is one of those things where we talk a lot about uh, loose threads or dropped, you know, story arcs and things like that. I don't think they're doing that nearly as much as they used to. Uh, you know, half the threads from Vanilla and BC have been brought to a close at this point in some capacity because they're making a point to tie up loose ends. So I think that something will come of this, but I don't know it's going to be the the John Wick style uh, revenge story that I've heard multiple people uh, want to see. But yeah, so I think we have time for our last question of the day, which comes from uh, Ergu. Ergulo? I apologize. Seriously, folks, if you want me to pronounce your name right, give me a tag of how to pronounce it. I will gladly uh, follow whatever your pronunciation is. Uh, don't know if it's too late for Lorewatch, but what happened to Gallywix that Gazlow is now the Trade Prince? That's another good question, because we don't know. Um, they haven't dealt with that yet. They haven't dealt with the fallout from Galoux being stripped of his his title of trade prince and basically all of his holdings given to Gaslo. Uh, we know that he was siding with Sylvanus. He definitely sided with her, uh, in particular. So with her being deposed and now him losing all of his his money essentially, which strips him of his his title, his power. We haven't done anything with him yet. Which is really, really curious. And I'm wondering if that's going to be one of those things that comes back, not this expansion, but into the next expansion of what he's doing. Because he doesn't exactly strike me as the type to just fade away. And unless we, like, flat out kill him, I don't think that's something that, you know, is just going to be let let lay low or whatever the case is. What do you think?
1: I mean, I'm looking at the last time we saw Gallywix. I mean, if you're exalted with a Bilgewater cartel, you, you're you sent to deliver a package. The package is ultimately shown to be that Gallywix has been forging the the guys. I think the guy's name is Hobart Grapplehammer. Mm-hmm. Gallywix has been forging you know contracts, but he bought all of the uh, stuff in the mother load. And there's a whole thing where Gallywix is trying to like take over the mother load and if you're the Goblin player, you're the you're considered Gallywix's old rival, so you you basically have a fight with him, and Gallywix ends up trapped in his own armor, and forced to renegotiate his contract with with Hobart there, and that's the last time you see Gallywix. That's after, at that point when the Horde Council's coming up after Sylvanas leaves, Gallywix just straight up isn't there. Yeah. He wasn't there at any point. He wasn't there in Orgrimmar when Sylvanas comes out to, to, to the answer the Magora. He's not there when Horde decides Thrall decides Gaslow should be in charge of the, of the Bilgewater cartel instead of you, the person who was in charge of it, whatever Thrall um, it's it just, you don't see him. He's he is gone and you don't know where he went. You don't know when he left. Like it, it, at what point did Gallywicks decide this is a sinking ship and I'm getting off of it? No idea. We don't know. We've, we The last we see him is that, that bit. If you're exalted with it, if basically if you're getting the goblin heritage armor, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, when you do, if you, if, if you've done that quest, that is the last time you see him. He's, you know, he is gone at that point. You don't see him again. And that to me is fascinating. Like is he is he still in the mother load? Cuz that's where he he had to renegotiate his uh his deal with Hobart Gravelhammer. So is that where he is?
0: Is he is he mining Kajanite for casjicola? Like what Yeah, we, like what is we, he doing? Where is he? Like we don't even know where he is. Nope. We do
1: not. We have no idea where he went when he left, why he left. Like did he leave because he thought did he leave because he thought, well, they're going to want to kill me because I did stuff for Sylvanas or did he leave? Cause he thinks the entire horde is a sinking ship. Now we don't know. We know nothing about the where's or the whys, or even the house. Like he might, it might be a case that he was just somewhere else doing something else and didn't even know that any of this was going to happen.
0: The other interesting. And then, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say the one thing that I, I've been interested in is what happens with going back to the old island because yeah the volcanic eruption occurred but with everything else happening is there a chance that you know maybe it can be reclaimed we don't know the extent of the destruction right Uh, of kazan i mean we don't when you're leaving the island
1: you see the eruption but you're not on the island to see it you're seeing it from like a boat you don't know how much of kazan is destroyed
0: See, because part of me wonders if, like, the whole get off the island thing was a ploy to, for Gallywix to, you know, successfully take over as trade prince and get everybody off the island, but knowingly that the island wasn't fully destroyed. I'm also, again, this is total tinfoil hattie, like, there's nothing that indicates this in the game, there's nothing that indicates that this would possibly be, you know, what actually happened, but... I always wondered if maybe he found people with the promise of we can go back home and starts building his own little empire again in the ashen ruins of what was Kazan. Uh, I don't know, because I always kind of wanted to go back to Kazan. I always thought it would be more interesting to have something more to explore, even if it was a dungeon or a assault zone or something like that, uh, for all the players, not just goblins, to experience uh, and this could be an interesting segue into giving us something like that where maybe that's where he went and maybe you know he's building his own empire of super mutated monkeys and weird creatures from the Kasianite, Uh and Azerite.
1: Well, it's well, it one other thing to think about too. When we see the eruption, it is it is affecting the bilgewater port on the surface of Kazan.
0: Mm-hmm. but there's still a whole island underneath.
1: Well, also, Undermine itself, which was the subterranean Mm -hmm. capital city, which was located in the bowels of Mount Kajaro. Now, Mount Kajaro erupts because of Deathwing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But we don't know that that all of Undermine was flooded with lava. Mm. We have
0: no idea what happened to it. Not only that, but now we have Goblin Shaman. What happens if they start going back and start trying to, you know piece that back together using the knowledge that they've gained from the elementals or the working relationship they have with the elementals to start carving back that the whatever was destroyed or whatever, whatever was there to keep excavating. Like you said, undermine might still be there. Undermine might be on parts of it or parts of it. Th- those are yeah. massive island. It's not exactly like it was a small chain, right? Like it's there's a potential that we could wind up going back there and there could be a whole slew of stuff. I mean, I don't know how big
1: Kazan actually is in terms of like, that's a problem with looking at WoW maps and trying to figure out how big things are on them. Yeah. Uh, Like if you're in game and you look at the map in game, the, 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 the size of the, of the, like say the broken Isles and, you know, Kulteris is not actually close to as big as say uh, Pandaria, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. but
1: they look to be as big as Pandaria, like, or close to it. I don't, I think there's like a map of Azeroth somewhere that's supposed to be like in the, it's in the, uh, one of the chronicles that's supposed to be closer in, in actual size. I don't think Kazan is like small. I think it's a pretty big island, but it's not like, it's not as big as, say, you know, like even Zandalar. Um, but also but- it's, a,
0: it's an island for small creatures. So it's entirely possible that it's bigger than we're giving it credit for. I, I I don't know. Like um, now that I've got well, this in
1: my head, thing undermine might be bigger than we're giving it credit for. Even if it's the world, if the island it's in is not, because they can keep building down. Sure, you know that's there's a lot to it. We we really know nothing about this.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things that I would love to explore more about and see more of it. And maybe if we get that expansion, which Matt and I keep talking about, where we go through and uh, you know just do nothing but. Uh, explore the world, which I would absolutely love. Uh, maybe that becomes one of those things that we explore. I'd be all okay. for
1: it. Since, since we've been talking about this, I know we probably have to get going soon, but I just went and looked up the the Chronicle map of Azeroth. And on that map, Xandalar and Kul Tiras are about half the size of the Broken Isles, which are sig- significantly bigger than they are. Mm-hmm. Kazan in that map is pretty comparable to Zandalar. It's not as big, but it's close. It's about half the size of Zandalar. So it's easily a zone. I mean, it's, it's it's bigger than you might think. Like if you're looking at this map, and keep in mind, this is of course just one map. They can always change it later. It's not fully representative, but it's still pretty sizable. I mean, it's Kazan is easily as big as, you know, the, uh, the 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 drani starting zone um azure mist yeah 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 it's it's about as big so yeah it's not tiny it, you could actually have a relatively large settlement under there
0: yeah so maybe we'll get that who knows. But Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ad-free site experience. Uh, again, if you have questions for the show uh, or the other show, be sure to send them into podcast at blizzardwatch.com or hit us up on one of the channels in our Discord server. And uh, I'm going to plug it again because I think it's really exciting and cool. Uh, it makes me very... Very happy! Uh, if you are tuning in for the first time, and you want to go through our back catalog. You can find us on Spotify now. What? Uh, hey, no, it's super exciting uh, for Blizzard Watch and Lore Watch podcasts. So be sure to check us out there and give us some support. Uh, and uh, yeah, that'll be it. So we will see you next week.